0: everybody welcome back to the rifles only accuracy podcast thanks for taking that time of your day to sit and listen to me flatten my bill it's very much appreciated we are everything center fire and rimfire uh rifles only has been doing this for a while and we really love it a lot uh first thing i want to talk about is we have our match coming up and it's on the 17th and 18th of february it's a it's a smaller match if you want to get in and and do that that's a friday saturday so it gives you a chance to travel on sunday and kind of hang out a little bit we also on the 13th we start a three-day train up that's the Monday previous to the match. You just come in and kind of get your feet wet on the range if you haven't been here before, uh, kind of get some you know things going for you. I wanted to uh list our sponsors that are going on. We got Mile High, uh Nissan Outdoors, DST Precision, Bartland Barrels, Spartan, Spartan Precision Rifles, Leopold, Hornady, Manners, Cool, XLR Industries, Thunder Beast Arms, GA Precision, Armageddon Gear, Magpul Gear, Primary Arms, Proof research roberts precision rifles fix it sticks hoppies champion jc steel targets foundation stocks vortex two vets tripods bnt industries we bad uh we've got just all kinds of stuff on the prize table for this match and we appreciate it and in doing that i wanted to make sure that i get a chance to Thank one of our sponsors specifically, who has been a longtime sponsor and we use his products here at the range. Um, they're spread out all over the place. But I got me with me today is Jake Vibbert. Jake, say hello.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys?
0: Man, I appreciate you taking the time to sit and visit with us. I know you and I have been, you know, trying to playing phone tag on trying to get this podcast going for a while now. But I'm glad you finally had some some time and I had some time and they they got to where we can get that together. I appreciate you being here.
1: Of course, you know, thanks so much for the, the additional shout out. And uh, we're definitely happy to support. We've been supporting you guys for a long time and just love what you guys are doing. And, and uh, you guys have been at this match direction and shooting things for uh, longer than about anyone I know. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely a good fit.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I remember that. Um, I remember it was, I don't know, what was it five or six years ago? I don't know. We had we had a match going. And I think I had to I had to stop everything to go and fix targets like three times during the match and uh i just went to you kind of like jake what the hell am i going to do with this man and you you came up with a you came up with a target design that is really really good during competitions because you don't have that i think i have since since we started utilizing those spring targets i've had to correct or go and change out one target that broke certainly not through any fault of your own had just been beaten absolutely to death. I certainly got my money's worth out of it, but that was one time out of the last five years, I think that that's had to had to happen. And uh, it, it's just an ingenious thing that, that works. Um, the, the other part of it is, you know, the, the targets get beat up during the match, but you know, this is a training facility, so they get beat up every week. And uh, man, my, uh, my budget that I have for steel targets has gone down significantly of late. Thank you, sir.
1: You're, you're absolutely welcome. You know, when when we first uh, kind of talked about this design, which, which you helped me come up with this design, um, you know, we we kind of said, hey, look, we want a target that's not going to go down, still gives good auto, uh, you know, audio and moves a little bit as well. Um, but the most important thing is we just can't have it go down in the max because it, it screws the whole flow up. As you know, yep. when everything runs smooth and people are just sending around downrange, you don't have to go downrange to fix stuff it's like that weird butterfly effect. Obviously I've run a lot of matches as well. And if you got 20 minutes, you got to shut something down to go get it fixed or put something else on. It's a butterfly effect that backs up a certain part of the range. It's just a pain in the butt.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And and it's just, like I say, we just haven't, haven't had that You know, I mean, of course it's going to happen on occasion, but I I think it's a pretty good, pretty good stretch, pretty good run here where we're not having to do that. we just, I know that you had just sent me some, some more here recently because you know how I am. I like to mess with students. So (laughs) as well as the competitors. So we've got some, we've got some new targets out there that we're going to be utilizing during this match that's coming up here in a few weeks. And they are all of that spring design because they just, they just work and they work. They got really good longevity. I never have to worry about them. I have them spread out all over the mountain at my facility in Colorado um we're yep. using them in New Hampshire um it's just it's just a really really good target system and so it came out good 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 well let's let's get into this a little bit man who are you where did you come from when were you born how old are you
1: <laughs> so I uh <clears throat> I am 39 years old uh just started uh this year I'll be turning 40 in September Okay. Uh, Live over here in Washington State, grew up over here in Washington State as well, which is, uh, um, we're actually, grew up on the west side of the state, which is much more liberal and democratic, Mm -hmm. Um, over by Seattle. Moved over to eastern Washington, which is just a way better fit for us. It's more farmland, hunting country, uh, shooting country, stuff like that. So we've been over here for for quite a while, but grew up, played uh, football, basketball, baseball, um, got recruited to play uh, uh, football and baseball at a bunch of schools, and you know, a bunch of pack, uh, you know, just big, big universities, Washington State, University mm-hmm. of Washington, California schools. I decided to go play baseball in California, mm-hmm. and then went and played baseball in Idaho a little bit more. But uh, yeah, just kind of always been into to sports and been into all that kind of stuff. Well, I've been at this now for, I've been at the shooting. Uh, you know realm since about 2000 i remember i i shot my very very first match in 2010 so i mm-hmm. guess i'm 13 i'm a 13 year vet now um, but uh, man there's a, a lot has happened since then so I'll, i'm excited to to dig into some of it
0: yeah i think you've got i think you've got the the most prs wins of anyone out there if i if i'm getting that correct is that right
1: yeah so um, i've been very fortunate to win some matches and you know, both the, you know, really my game is the, is the competition world, the, the PRS Pro Series, the NRL Pro Series. I really enjoy shooting those. Uh, obviously, now the NRL has the Hunter Series, which um, is just a ton of fun. It's slightly different as well, but mm-hmm. it's just a ton of more of a um, kind of by-yourself competition where you're ranging on the clock and engage in everything from whatever position you want because it's just a field match right so it's also a lot of fun and they they got a big draw as well
0: yeah man yeah that 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 hunter series is is really really gaining in popularity and i think for good reason too because that's a you know that's a that's a challenging thing you know it's a challenging thing that you know you're you really don't know what the hell is around the next corner you know what i mean and so that that makes it fun
1: yeah that's exactly right and and part of it is that it's still a shooting sport. It's still a competition. So, you know, you're going to, you know, as a, as a competitor, you still got to figure out the game of it. You still got to figure out what do I need to do to hit the most amount of targets. And so you got to strategize, you got to have the correct equipment, you got to have the right training. All those things are still the same based off of the competition world. And, and, you know, look, you've been, you've trained thousands of professional shooters in your time. Um, you know, there's, there's a way to attack different things that, that can make you successful. And, and you just got to figure out what that is. And just like if you're over the top of a rooftop I mean, what's the best way to shoot over a rooftop or, you know, a school or or whatever, you got to kind of be able to figure some of those things out. It's the same thing. You're just doing it from a, from an unknown area or a tree or, you know, trying to grab a tripod and make that work. Right. So it's, it's,
0: the fun. yeah well, i grew up hunting you know and it's it, that's that's just what you're faced with whenever you're you know you're doing that it's it's um they're, they're hunting scenarios and it's i mean really they're going to apply across the board you know and it's if you can if you can go out there and excel in that you know there's that that just shows you're going to be able to excel anywhere so that's why I'm, I'm real excited about that about the you know the hunter series that's just really good yep, that's right. well, well let lovely, me lovely. let me back you up a little bit um you uh you own jc still targets um, right. When did that start? How did that start? What was your interest in working with metal? Um, I, I've worked with metal a long time myself. And what, what got you into that? And how, do, how does that work?
1: Well, great question. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a cool story. So I was uh, my dad owned a little piece of property over north of Seattle. And uh, this was like 2009, roughly mm-hmm. kind of two 2000- thousand. And ten, um, and he says, "Hey, let's get some targets out here." We were shooting, uh, we were shooting some some crazy Ruger Model seventy seven, you know, Hawkeye rifles, and we just thought we were long range champs because we could hit a eighty inch buffalo at four hundred yards. Like we, we we thought we were the the cat meow.
0: Times and have so, changed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, and so we we said, "Hey, let's get targets to put out here on the property. We got a couple hundred yards we could shoot out here." and so i started to look for targets and started to kind of figure some stuff out and you know they were all at that time they're all really really expensive like a 12 by 12 target was you know 80 bucks or something like that mm-hmm. and still today fast forward 13 40 years later i'm still 20 dollars cheaper than that or you know so it's like okay they were they were really really low priced, but there wasn't a lot of people doing them and so there was a lot of, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of competition. Well, right. my dad said, well, you we probably, you know, do, do something. And um, I'm fortunate that I have some family members in uh, managing big steel companies and, uh, you know, kind of working working that angle a little bit. They said, well, we can do it for this price. And I said, well, I went back to dad and I said, dad, I, I would like uh, $10,000 instead of $100 for a target. And he said, what the hell? And so he uh, gave me, He went down to the safe, gave me 10000 and then I bought my first load of steel with that money, um, basically sold them all on Sniper's Hide for about $35 a target. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously, you know, uh, we're in business to try to support family and make a little money. So, right. you know, we were able to do that with that. Um, that next week, I went and paid that back because all those sold on Sniper's Hide in a matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. And... Man, from there it just kind of took off. Uh, you know, you know, a lot of a lot of props to uh, to Frank and the crew at Sniper Side. Um, obviously, we try to support him, support his matches. Uh, you know, he was he was very supportive in me selling there on Sniper Side. Uh, one thing led to another. We started with a couple targets, and then we started adding some brackets um, to couple with those targets. We were kind of the first ones to really run like a target on a T post. Yep. most people run in two by fours or a-frame stands or something like that but we said man there's a ton of t-posts out there and they're cheap and they're really strong we might as well try to utilize them so we developed that t-post bracket um yeah now we we uh move a lot of steel so we're we're very fortunate uh times of times have definitely changed as far as cost on steel stuff as you can imagine with you know price of everything nowadays so Uh, Yeah, it's, 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 you know, we are so blessed and happy. Obviously we still try to give back as much as we can to the shooting community and to matches, which I think is, is part of the reason that, you know, JC still targets might be more popular than the next guy is because we're also involved in the industry. We try to give back and we just try to make a really good, uh, you know, really good product.
0: Yeah. And how much, how much time, does this take for you? I mean, how, how much, how many like hours per week are you putting into JC Steel?
1: Uh, good question. It, it was substantially more than it is now. Um, but now I got, you know, the employees and, and all the stuff that goes with it. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: it used to be a sun up to sun down kind of a deal where, you know, we're always doing something. We're grinding on something. We're bending a bracket. We're welding a bracket. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But I was doing it by myself and had very, very little help. Um, And then as help starts to come along, then you can kind of, you know, imagine I shift my focus to more managerial roles and, you know, you know, maybe some bigger contracts and and VIP type customers that are, you know, ordering for ranges like yourself or whatever. Mm -hmm. Most all those still come through, you know, through me directly because I want to get you guys taken care of. Well, most all the other stuff just go right to the website. Uh, my wife, she is a absolute rock star, which y- you know her as well. She puts a lot of time in. Yep. She does all the website stuff. She does all the labels, all the graphics. Um, she's absolutely, she's absolutely 100% a rock star. Um, obviously I'm biased because she's my wife, but yeah. it, it,
0: I got a rock star you know, wife too.
1: You absolutely do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, you know, you know overall we have right around uh 150 different skews and mm-hmm. we started at three skews so it's grown quite a bit well
0: oh, that's good man that is really good and it's really good to hear yeah and you you talked about that t-post thing and you know normally that t-post works out really good but i called you with a specific problem years ago because i was using yep. the, the spring target and we spend a lot of time in our classes on movers and so the the you know first guys going out shooting movers they miss a lot you know but it, it invariably i think man stop shooting the t-post the big target is so much easier to hit you know <laughs> <laughs> so i called you and i had you i had you do a t-post for me out of ar-500 and that thing has Sorry. been on the mover since i mean it just it it's not it's not going nowhere man it's in good shape <laughs> yeah no, it,
1: that, that was a beefy ar custom ar-500 t-post we, we did it directly to your specs which we do, um, you know, quite a lot of custom stuff as well. Uh, but I'm a fan, you know, you, you have a, a giant facility and it's a, a, a worldwide recognized facility with a lot of people come through there. Uh, when you when you have that kind of a facility and you do what you do, there's no time for a mover to go down. There's right. no time for it. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to train 10, 15, 20 guys today and they all want to come out here and shoot the mover. Um, I gotta have this mover tip top shape all the time, you know, or you know, that's just an example or you know, an idea, but you know, it's it's just very important to make our stuff bomb proof.
0: Well, I tell you, and the the key to it also not having just one mover but having five (laughs) because movers are (laughs) movers are so temperamental man you gotta you gotta baby those things a lot but whenever you can you can make them more bulletproof to where you know there's there's less time that you're having to work on them you're exactly right and uh that that has been good like i said that that i had i ordered that one specialty item for you and every time i order from you man that stuff just shows up and even i know the last couple of years i've i've called you and said I need a target that is exactly this you know because i was looking for you know a relationship to the moa at the distance we were shooting and That's i don't right. i don't know how you do it man but you whip those things out really quick and me i'm kind of a jerk because i realize that i need it and i don't give you a whole lot of time and say man i need it right now and it's <laughs> like i think i think you get off the phone you go over and you make the target and you put it in the mail i appreciate it
1: i, I do do that for you yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's much appreciated i know we did the we did the point two out here so at from 300 yeah. to a thousand we have a target that it's it's basically a truing bar but it's 0.2 mils high at every range and so i remember yeah, be- i remember whenever i called you and i was telling you what i needed and, and inches you were just laughing you were thinking you're doing it again
1: <laughs> well and so those are great training you know it, it seems to me that those targets are great for training because it really allows somebody they have to be dialed that distance and if they're not they're going to find out really quick
2: mm-hmm.
1: um you know when you talk about you got a six or seven hundred yard target it's not a typical lipstick target where you got all sorts of different you know spots you can hit it you you got to be lined up on your data yep and so i think you also have that at your other facility too i think you have yep. two sets yep at, at, at your other facility as well so, correct oh, yeah great
0: yeah, those are good. You know, we use those. You know, on that day, whenever we have the class, where we're going to go and and just just you know, we've already done the fundamentals. You know, we've already you know beat everybody to death about trigger control and follow through. We go up and get dope, and you know, I have I have your 10-inch plates at all of those ranges as well as the .2 plates. And it seems like when we go to get the dope with the .2, it actually goes faster. You know, for people to get their data, and it's uh, because I mean, it's, you're either right or you're wrong. And then that's right. You know, whenever you got you get a miss, you know, high or low you know, you can, you know, it, the students can kind of see, okay, they, they see that that's point two, and they know that they hit point three above it because we have those berms, you know, it's a training facility. And so, um, you know, they can dial down and then it's like, boom, they're on so much faster by utilizing the smaller target, believe it or not. I mean, it's crazy. And again, there's exceptions to that, but we, we have seen that many times. Of course.
1: Well, I'm just, I'm just happy that they are working out. It's a, it's been a very popular design that people spring target because it does last so long. It's very durable. It's easy to set up. The downside is they're slightly more expensive, just because there's a lot more involved in them, and a bunch of AR-500 that's not on other stuff. But no,
0: they're not. Um, You're wrong. Let me stop you right there. You're wrong. Well, they are not more expensive. They're cheaper. And I know that the well, the retail price yeah, I, on them looks a little higher, but if if anybody out there in this land is looking at a at a target that you want to get longevity out of, that you don't have to replace in a year. Believe me, this is your cheapest option. <laughs> I'm enjoying. I, I'm, I'm enjoying the the cost savings that I get by by buying a more expensive target.
1: I no, I definitely appreciate that, and that's that's kind of why we we tried to make that that bomb proof just to just to help the the matches and the training facilities out. So, yeah, I mean it's it's been good. We we got a bunch. Of, we got a big facility up here in in Washington now, and so we run everything out of here. And uh, you know, just just looking forward to what the future holds and and keep uh trying to be uh, great for customer service. I think that's really important for us as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm I've benefited from that many times. Well, enough of that. Let's let's talk you you have you have a match coming up yourself, don't you?
1: I do. So we have an NRL Hunter match in uh California. Mm-hmm. It is in Northern California at the same the old famed 360 Ranch, mm-hmm. which is also called the Lone Pine Ranch or something like that. Uh giant giant facility it's the MDT hunter challenge okay and uh, we're just really really um excited to be up it's both myself and dan Berticini are are match directing that and uh we did a, a match out there close to the ranch uh in 2021 uh since then we've just had a bunch of requests to do another one it's an nrl hunter match so just like we were talking about earlier it you got to find the targets. You got to range them. You got to engage them all on your own time. And you know, typically there's no, uh, you know, one of the reasons I like it is because there's no restrictions. And so there's no equipment restrictions. Every once in a while, you get you go to a match and they say, well, you can't use this tripod um, just because we don't want to use tripods. That's great. For this match, you got to carry everything that you have with you all day long, and you have to really hammer out. What you're going to use, when you're going to use it, and you surely don't want to carry around 40 pounds of gear that you don't that you don't need all day, you know, just to have it backed up. So you got to be strategic. Okay, I need a bipod, I need a rear bag, I need my rifle and my binos. Okay, it's go time. Right. (laughs) And you just you just make do with what you got. And um, the biggest thing for for me is, and this could be because I'm not great at it, is finding targets and so the biggest thing is I want to make sure that that you know the competitors and and basically my customers are able to find all the targets they're able to engage them and then it just comes down to you know we have a couple tricky ones in there and a couple little hidden targets because I I'm a lot like you I like to be you know diabolical and and try to challenge people so correct yeah I'm 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 really excited about we got a ton of support lots of sponsors um, by the way, your sponsor looks pretty impressive. You guys, you guys are always so well supported there. So just congrats on that. Well, for sure.
0: th- thank you. Thank you so much. And, and, you know, we, we appreciate every, every single one of these sponsors and it, it, it really does, it it really does make a match. You know, you, I always felt, you know, whenever I was in, in the competing world, you know, the, there was that one that, um, I had gone, I wanted, it was the steel safari in New Mexico. And, um, it was kind of strange because I had taken a, I had taken a, um, You know, one of those. Man, this is years ago. I'm showing my age. But I went to Walmart and I bought a backpack, just like a JanSport or something. And then I went to the camera (laughs) section and I bought this cheap tripod. And then I went and I got some little pieces of fabric. And I fab. I I opened up the tripod, and they're small, you know, and they're they're you know very flimsy and everything else. And so I kind of sewed it to the backpack. That way I could carry all my stuff in there. And whenever I took off my backpack, my you know I had a tripod deployed already, and it had a you know I had a piece of you know cut in half pvc on top of it and uh yeah so i mean it it really worked and and it's strange to see you know how gear has changed so much over the years and uh you know it's just it's fantastic and then now now we're kind of getting getting to a a, a point with these, with these hunter matches, like the one you're doing is where the tripod can actually be, you know, utilized the way it's supposed yep. to, you know? And so that's, yep. that's really good. You know, you can slap a bag up there and throw your binos or lanes or range finder or whatever on it. And then, you know, you can switch right over to your rifle. And so it's uh, you know, we've, we've come a long way with these matches and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to see. Yeah.
1: That's right. Man. I remember when, when I first kind of got going, the big thing was making your own rear bags and putting like, not rice but like uh gosh there's there's these plastic beads or like bag beads or whatever that was the big thing and then you know a few people yourself included started making you know rear bags and i used your rear bag i think you know this i used your i have a couple national wins with your rear bag in like 14 15 16 17 um you know and so i used that for years and then you made me a blue one which i really appreciated Mm -hmm. and uh yeah just stuff like
0: that oh yeah man the the things have gotten and then the great bag wars of 2015 when you know we get all of these new bags and then there's so much (laughs) new technology that's coming out with bags it's like god damn it it's a rear bag (laughs) but it's cool yeah the bag wars it was you know there's a lot of new ones that came out and there's a lot of really good ones out there too you know i mean there's really come a long way with that i always say that the what what i've seen change the most over the years has been optics you know then and i think that's true i mean now now it's hard to find a bad one and so uh you know that and then you know being able to have these shooter aids that you need and you know something you're always you're always looking for that that one do-it-all bag and they don't all do it all but back there was a time when one bag did do it all because it's all we had that's right
1: that's exactly right
0: well, very good, man. Well, listen, since I have you on here and you are very, very adept at shooting off of barricades, I wanted to bring up a question that came in with the, um, the email that's associated with this. That's ROAP at riflesonly.com, Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast, just the first letter of all that. And I'll just read it and then we'll discuss. Um, Perfect. Jacob, Frank did a great article a while back that gave a great description of the mechanics of the support hand during prone shooting with a rear bag. But can you help us understand what to do with the support hand when shooting off of a barricade? I see guys putting their hand on the scope, the little knobs on the fore end, on the barrel, etc. None of that seems like a great idea. What say you? How would you answer that one, sir?
1: You know, that's a great question. Um, I'll say a couple things. Uh, I am a fan of um, kind of neutral and no muscle use with my off hand. So I'm a lefty, mm-hmm. so let's, it's going to be my right hand. Um, what I'll do is I'll actually put it on like a scope ring, something that's not going to affect it. Um, also, I don't want to put it on the barrel directly because it will also affect it. And so what we did when we... We're, you know, training, uh, I don't know, four four or five years ago. We said, okay, where's the best place to put our offhand? Well, the first thing that we did is we shot um, just 100-yard groups. And a lot of people don't necessarily do this. So what we did is we said, let's take all the influence and see how it affects our bullet at 100 yards. And so what we did is we took a bungee cord, we wrapped around the bell of our rifle scope, mm-hmm. and then we shot at 100 yards. And we noticed, okay, that the pressure on the top of our rifle scope actually changes our point of impact just a little bit. Okay, so now we know we don't want to put our hand on the on the, on the the outer side or the far side of the objective of the scope. Well, what if we do this for the barrel? And so also we noticed that as you have different harmonics on the barrel, it changes it just a little bit. Not as much as the scope, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we know that we probably should, if if we're getting to perfection if that's what we want to achieve is perfection then what do we need to do okay so now we can't put our hand on the barrel and so that leaves a couple things one it leaves this the scope rings obviously you can it's a very solid object up here most of us are running heavy duty mounts that you could you know put a thousand pounds on and not worry about right so you can put it there on your on your mount um, or you can put it on the side of your chassis but one of my big uh, you know, one of my big points of emphasis is, I when I'm behind the rifle, I have to be as relaxed as possible, and I don't want to use muscle that I don't need to. So, I don't really want to grab the end of my rifle and and squeeze and cause that muscle. Well, why? Because muscle does one thing. When it fires, it has micro shakes in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get any sort of shaking on bone on bone contact. You don't get any sort of shaking with cartilage or anything like that so you want to be relaxed and so just having your hand there is fine but not putting undue stress and holding it some way because eventually you know your muscles do tend to shake a little bit and you you can kind of notice that by holding up uh i mean it's it's going to sound weird but you hold up a scope with your hand and you have muscles that hold that scope up and so now you look through that scope and you say, okay, it's actually shaking just a little bit. And you see it because you're using muscle to hold it up. Mm-hmm. And so then what you can do is you can put your hand straight up and down on the counter and use your bone or use, you know, something that's straight in a 90 degree angle, which you teach 90 degree angles very well. You, you want to go 90 degree. And then part of it is that it, it never shakes because your bones don't shake. And so you're not using any muscle to hold it up um, and, and you just you you want to stay away from that muscle use as much as possible um, with that off hand, and so personally, I do two things. I go top of the scope rings if if that's where my hand's comfortable, or I'll reach out and I have a little thumb hold on the front right hand side of my chassis, and so I set my rifle up so that my hand goes right there. And my thumb fits directly into the slot that's there, and so it, it just fits like a glove. And so I put it there. Everything's relaxed, and that'll do a couple things for me personally. Is that'll actually have about two, three, five more pounds of of, of weight on the fore end of my rifle, which obviously weight helps reduce recoil. Mm-hmm. And so that'll kind of help uh, mitigate some of that. Um, but you know that's just a great question. It's obviously long-winded, and it really comes down to personal preference on what works good for each individual. You know, each individual shooter, length of arms, um, that kind of stuff. So offhand, my two scenarios are top of rings or out front into my little groove and slot that I have on the on the front right side of my chassis.
0: Yeah. Well, with the success you've had, man, that's a uh, that's uh, it, It's hard to argue with that. I I kind of tackle it a little bit differently, uh, but the same at the same time. And it's kind of like we we do, as you know, in our matches, we we always have at least one stage that's just sling supported and so right. it's one of those things that this is a little bit different but it's again what we're doing is we're building a triangle with the sling and you know the our bones that are in our arms you know our, our forearm and then our, our bicep the bones that are there and we are resting the only thing that we're holding up the rifle is the bones and the sling and it gets really tight and everything else but as this question is about barricades um i agree with everything you said especially the mechanics on that you know you can you can bend the scope a little bit you can certainly you can certainly bend the barrel and we've we've actually done that in competitions we call it the wire shot i don't know if you were ever here whenever we did one of those but um it's uh, you're you're which actually do I, go ahead
1: i would say yeah which stage is that
0: yeah it's it's a wire stage i haven't done it in a while but and i may have been doing this before you started shooting but the rifles only i've got 10 rifles only barricades up at 100 yards where we zero you know where that is and so yep. if you look between all of those barricades about eight inches off the ground there's a piece of 092 you know hardened wire that's between there. And so what we did was we, and this, this goes back to a long time ago, you know, I, whenever somebody, Hey, don't ever let anything touch your barrel. You know, we make a lot, we pay a lot of money to make sure we have free floated barrels. It'll mess up the harmonics and stuff like that. And so I was one of those guys like, okay, well, what happens if it does? And so right. I went out and I shot it resting on the barrel. And what happens is you're, you're actually bending the barrel. It doesn't really have a whole lot to do with harmonics. You're actually bending the barrel physically. And so you yep. end up impacting high. And so, you know, we started we started doing that a little bit, you know, in our in our our classes as well, because of the people that are doing this for a living, you know, maybe maybe the only shot you have just be based off of the terrain or debris or anything else is with something touching your barrel. Well, let's explore that. And we found out that, you know, if you're if you're resting on the same point of your barrel, your gun will group, you know, it's not going to hurt anything at all, uh, you know, but. You know, have that in your toolbox, and so I did it at a competition one time, and you can imagine how the heads exploded. It was crazy, and so yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. This is back when this is back when we were doing the Sniper Side Cup here, I think. And so me and Frank, so we did. It. So then, as it turned out, you know, I mean, everybody lost their mind on that. But then the next time that the match rolled around, they actually had taken like sharpies and marked on their barrel so that they would know in case I did it again. You know what I mean? So that they would know exactly how much they had to correct because it was very, very predictable. So the mechanics of that, you know, of the touching the barrel is obviously, you know, it's going to affect your your point of point of impact. But whenever I'm I'm thinking about this, you know, and I, I, I know the gentleman who who sent this and he's he's tall like you and um so that you know would be really good but you know we have to deal with people that are you know uh 108 pounds and you know five one or four nine you know all the way up you know to to guys your size you know that are really you know <laughs> professional athletes you know and so uh the, the whenever it comes to the barricades you know whenever i'm teaching it i'll tell you this is what we have to do it's called an alternate position for a reason but we're resting the forearm of the gun and we don't have to hold that so, invariably, what you're going to do is you're going to ask me, is it okay if my hand goes here? Is it okay if my foot goes here? When the reality of it is, you should be asking yourself, does this position support the fundamentals of marksmanship? And if it supports the fundamentals, then there's no wrong answer simply because we have so many, yeah, we got so many different body shapes out there, different levels of strength. And so, I, I tend to put my hand up on the barricade itself. You know what I mean? I kind of square out my shoulders, but I'm using that bungee sling. So that kind of, you know, reduces a lot of the wobble that I have. And so we can yep. do that. But like what you're saying, if you got a place right on that forearm, that's going to be consistent every single time, then, you know, it, it's just, it it's not wrong. Obviously, you've had great success with it, but somebody who's coming up and they're trying to learn this, you know, there's. You know there's things in this world of shooting that are inviolate and i mean that's the fundamentals of marksmanship however there's many ways to skin the fundamentals of marksmanship there's many ways that you can do that and what that what you see that when people start to develop their own shooting style you know what i'm saying Mm. and so that's that's kind of the that's kind of my answer to it i've done everything i've i've held the the rear of the gun with my offhand you know i've i've taken it and put it on my knee i've touched the barricade you know again the scope ring like you're talking about i've done that uh and it's kind of one of those things too you know you don't want to get into saying okay you know this is what i'm going to do every single time on a barricade because the barricades that you know you might be shooting off at rifles only are of a little bit different height than the ones you'd be shooting somewhere else and then, exactly. all, yeah. And so you need to be able to adapt and, and roll with those changes, you know, especially if you're going out there for a competition, but it's kind of like I tell my students, whenever you go and you see some sort of alternate position, let's say it's a, a tank trap, a culvert, a tree limb, you're, you're resting, you know, uh, through a 550 cord loop. They're all barricades. They're, just think of them like they're all barricades. And I have done this before and don't let it get in your head, you know, just go and, apply the fundamentals and you're setting yourself up for success.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I really love that. Um, and I love that mindset because you're exactly right. After we get in that position and let's just say we got a knee up and a knee down and and we got our elbow on the knee or whatever. When you're in that position, it doesn't matter what you're shooting off of. You can shoot off of a concrete block, the back of a chair, a barrel. Um, guess what? You're, you're literally, if if like like you just said, if you apply the fundamentals of marksmanship, which you do a very good job teaching, guess what? It's it's the same. But you have to make sure that those fundamentals of marksmanship are spot on to, to have consistent results.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. Because consistency is going to going to be key for it to happen. You know, it. it, it, Love, it. Love it. Yeah. It's hey, good.
1: Just, just because I have ADD, um, there was a couple years ago, and I was just thinking about it when. When you, me, my wife came to this training, um, I, I took one of your classes with, oh, there was, I don't know, seven or eight, nine, ten more people out there. Do you remember when you, we first had that uh, scope cam on your Schmidt and Bender mm-hmm. and you had the sling and you shot about a, a, a half inch group off the sling at a hundred yards, a little five shot group and we got it on a cam. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> that I- was still to this day. That was the best. Three or five shot group I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <I was laughs> off the for crying out loud! Buying them, come on.
0: <laughs> well, I, I guarantee you it was a three because if I had three within a half inch, I wasn't going to chance knocking that fourth out in front of the <laughs> class.
1: <laughs> I just I just remember looking at that, watching that because because me and Devin were there, we were watching you shoot that on the uh, with that new camera. What was that new camera that you had a couple years ago? I can't remember it. It was on the back of the scope eagle eye or something like that yeah i don't
0: remember that one i just got i just got the new trigger cam though so i'm i'm using that now
1: yeah those yeah those are awesome i have one as well so anyway i just remember that and then last year i shot your match and uh and we were sitting outside of the sling positional stage and i i used uh one of your one of your uh you know, bungees for, for my, uh, sling positional shooting. So I had that mm-hmm. and I was getting that going. And I think, uh, after a little three minute pre-match lesson, I think I had high score on that stage. You did.
0: Was, you did. You okay. had high, you had high score for the day so on that event.
1: Uh, thank you so much for a little coaching. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, uh, with, with, with your length of arms and everything else, you know, you there, and whenever you're shooting sling supported, it what really matters is how much tension you have on that sling and with yours you were definitely had enough tension on that sling and it showed so it was it was a it was a it was a good it was really it was a pleasure watching you shoot that that was that was fantastic impressive
1: all right on yeah that's just you know i think back to that back to that question um just because i got a couple more things that i want to chat about Um, absolutely it is it is personal preference and and you said it there's a bunch of different ways to skin the cat assuming that those fundamentals of marksmanship are correct Mm -hmm. but um, you know just as as students or people listen to this uh, don't you know try a lot of different things and i like to try a lot of a lot of different things on like a hundred yard paper or a really small target maybe a 300 yards to kind of see the accuracy of it and then you can say okay this works great for me and my body style and this does not work great for because maybe I'm telling you to do something or whoever's telling you to do something and it just doesn't work with your body style. It doesn't work with what you got going on, but guess what? There's a few different ways that we can attack it. So pick whatever one that you're really great at and then perfect that. And then you have a, you have a go-to move in your bag. So when you approach that position, that barricade, that stage, you're like okay. I'm going to be most successful by doing this. I practiced it. I know it's the best position for me. I know I'm the most accurate from this position. I know I can keep my fundamentals of marksmanship correct with this position. And then it's just it's a win-win for you because then you can excel, uh, you know, for that position. Because sometimes um, I can't bend down. I can't get in some of these yoga poses like a uh, John Pinch could. He's flexible, and I'm. He's, he, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. So Uh I have to pick a position that works for me, um, you know, compared to other people just might be slightly different. So you're exactly right. There's multiple ways to skin that cat, but, you know, try, try everything, see how it works and then rock and roll with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, we take that a step further too. You know, we find out, we find out that one way that works really good for you. And then let's practice that a lot to where it's really burned in. And then let's try the other ways too, because really the motto at rifles only is practice what you suck at. And so that's, uh, that, that kind of yeah. gives you the opportunity to go and, and find those uncomfortable things and train with those uncomfortable things. And it helps out in competition or it helps out with hunting because you're never going to get the shot that you want in the hunting. You know, it's just not going to happen. You're something is going yeah. to, something's going to screw up the the finely laid plans. I mean, there's, there's so many sayings about that. It's like, no, no plan survives first contact, you know? And so you got to be able to be adaptable and, and move into those positions. But, you know, ultimately, if you're following the fundamentals, you are really setting yourself up for a good success rather than a failure.
1: Love it. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, cool, man. Well, I appreciate your input on that, man. It makes a lot of sense, uh, especially, especially in the beginning, you know, talking about the actual, you know, the physical mechanics of it, you know, staying off the barrel, staying off the scope. If you're going to touch on yep. something, make sure it's something that's, you know, rock solid. And you're right. You know, the mounts at, nowadays, I mean, literally, you can run over them with a tank and nothing's going to happen to them. So exactly. it works out good. Well, what, um, what gun are you running now? What, what, it's, tell me, your, tell me your, your kit that you're using right now.
1: So I typically run all 6.5 Creedmoors for my hunting rifle, my NRL hunting gun, and my match, um, you know, my match rifle. Uh, I really like the 6.5 Creed for a couple reasons. Um, First, I I typically have even, you know, for years and years now, I always run my stuff really slow. Mm -hmm. And I do that for a couple reasons. I try to run... You know, all of my you know my ammo really slow as far as velocity because I get to see the bullet a little bit longer, and I love I love shooting, watching trace on the bullet. And so, you know, the slower that bullet goes, um, the easier it is to see. So uh, I started that uh, kind of started watching trace on every one, and now I'm about I'd say 90 to 95 percent of my shots in a match. I'm I'm actually watching the bullet fly, and so part of part of that is I started with. Uh, you know, twenty-two long rifle. Because I was like, man, what do I need to do to know exactly where my bullet hits every single time? Well, the, for me, the easiest thing to do is to have great follow-through, which which your class uh, helps me with that. And then as I'm following through, I'm literally just watching the bullet come out of the barrel and watching where it goes left, right, high, low, blah, blah, blah. Ideally, it's not high or low because your 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 you know your data should be spot on. And so, really, you're just watching left and right. And that's why I run so slow because it gives me a little bit more time to watch that bullet. And um, I do like the high BC bullets of the 6.5 Creedmoor,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, or I guess 6.5 caliber, excuse me. And so I just try to run those. I run like 26.50 in my hunting rifle and Mm -hmm. 26.70, 26.75 in my match gun, um, which is weird because it's – I mean, I guess I got a little shorter barrel, so that probably makes sense. But, you know, I just – I try to run the same ammo, same everything, so it's very consistent. Um, and then I'm I'm just you know h- hoping that the BC of the bullet is what takes over and and you know kind of helps me out there uh, because I am running so slow. Obviously, speed mitigates some of that too. So right. yeah, I'm running six five Creedmoor. Uh, kind of a, just a list of of my sponsors, not to not to throw them out there, but just I guess I will throw them. Oh, out Oh yeah, there. throw them so, out
0: there. Throw them out there.
1: Yeah. So I run uh, U.S. Optics, Foundation, Scope. Uh, I run the uh, MPA Matrix Pro chassis, and I run the hybrid on my NRL Hunter gun. Uh, Alamo Precision Rifles down there in Texas does my barrel work. Uh, benchmark barrels, uh, uh, Trigger Tech, Diamond Triggers, and then, uh, you know, for— I guess for my powder, I use Hotspin, you know, age 4350 on about all my rounds. Uh, and then, uh, federal 210 match or 2205 match primers. Mm -hmm. And uh, typically all my bullets are going to be a 153 A-tip, uh, from Hornady. And I also use, uh, you know, a little bit of Hornady brass, uh, here and there. And, and some alpha brass, some Lapua brass. And it just depends on, you know, what I'm doing, what I'm shooting. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure I forgot. Oh, I got a Armageddon gear, game changer bag. And uh, yeah, there's a few things. Um, we, we, we're working with another company uh, right now, True Velocity, which will eventually be my cases and, and ammo, but we're still going to run Hornady and Hodgkin powder through that, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's a lot, uh, um, I'm sure I forgot to sponsor somewhere. So if I did, I apologize. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> well, I, I can, mention it. I can mention it on your behalf on the next one. <laughs> you can let me know yeah, it in the internet period. Well, good. Well, let me, let me, let me back you up just a little bit. Um, you said about the 22, um, I've become a huge advocate of the 22 as a trainer for, yep. for no other reason then the trigger control and follow through. And so, you know, I've been shooting 22 since, you know, what I couldn't talk, you know, since forever, but then, <laughs> um, you know, w- whenever I ended up getting, we we're going to formalize the, you know, the 22 Academy here at rifles only and everything else. And so ended up getting one of those shit hot 22s, the hot scope on it and went out and had it at 50 yards and, you know, just dropping one round on top of the other. And I started That's thinking, right. you know, what happens if I start to deliberately screw up my fundamentals? Just a bit. And so I did. And I tell you what, that twenty two will let you know RTFN that what you're screwing up.
1: (laughs) Yep, that's right. So uh, you know back back to back to kind of my first experience. I shot twenty twos as a kid and I shot B begins and we shot I shot thousands and thousands of rounds out the back porch of dad's ammo. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Well you know, I started to shoot this game, and to, you know, I I started uh, a couple years before, and I won some local matches, and I was starting to get better, and um, and then I won my first national in fourteen, and then followed up in fifteen with a uh, a handful more, and then obviously it kind of spirals from there. Well, mm-hmm. so about two thousand and fifteen or sixteen or so, I. I said, you know what, I would I would like to challenge myself to be the best possible shooter that I could be. Um, you know, that's taken everyone else out of the equation. I just want to be the best for me. So, you know, ultimately what do I need to do to hit the most amount of targets possible? And part of that was this twenty two drill that I did. And so I said, Hey, I need to be able to see rounds. I never ever saw one through a center fire rifle, partially because I didn't know where Uh, To look partially because my fundamentals weren't great partially because a few different things, right? And so I started with 22 and I said, okay I can see my bullet fly every single shot with 22 Um, Let's just call it at 50 yards or whatever You can literally shoot the gun and watch the bullet go out of the barrel and watch it the entire way That's obviously a little bit of recoil Uh, You got to mitigate there's very little recoil. Excuse me. And so because I wanted to watch my bullets in a center fire gun, I had to figure out what do I need to do to be able to see it out of a center fire gun. I started with that 22 and I got to the point where I could see every single shot um, I could watch the trace and watch the bullet fly with a 22. I said, perfect. Now I can kind of take that information and I did it you know a thousand times and I did it 500 times in a row with a 22. And then I actually, I had a friend here uh, named Matt and he loaded up a thousand rounds of half load two, two, three for me. And so then I had it two, two, three. I said, okay, I'm just going to pick it up a little bit. I'm going to increase the recoil a little bit. I'm going to increase the muzzle blast a little bit and I'm going to increase the speed. You know, what's a typical 22 is it? 1100 or 1200 feet a second. Yeah. So I'm going to try to get to like 1800 or 2000 feet a second, maybe halfway between and i got to the point where i knew exactly where the bullet was flying and what to look for and so then i would get to the point where i saw every single of those 223 shots okay now i need to pick my game up a little bit more and i'm going to shoot a full speed 223 out of a center fire rifle so maybe 26 2800 feet a second and then i got to the point where i'm able to see that at the higher speed and then i had to in- introduce recoil with a full size 6 mil which I think at the time I was shooting a, a six BRX or a six Creedmoor. Mm-hmm. So now I'm starting to kind of pick that up. So for me personally, in my own training, it was just a step to be able to see it um, and be able to follow it. And 22 was the only way for me to be able to start out on a baby level. Um, you know, really to, to kind of make that happen. And um you know, it's been a long time since then, and now it's a lot more natural. But I, I just realized, hey, look, if if my bullet on a twenty two, for example, if I'm dialing two mils, and I know that if my crosshairs are on the center of the target, my bullet, the top of my bullet, if I've dialed two mils, the top of my bullet trace is going to be right at the two mil mark. Right. And so, made it easy for me just internally to say, okay. I'm going to look at about one mil. And so as I pull the trigger on a 22, you got maybe, what, 0.1, 0.2 of movement. So it's not a lot, but you got maybe just about 0.1 of movement. So if I look at the one mil mark, I can literally watch my bullet get to that one mil mark on its way up to two mil, and then it drops back down to the center of the plate. And so then my eyes, I was training my eyes to watch the bullet as it comes up past the one mil mark, my eyes pick the bullet up and then I follow it all the way up and then all the way back down to the target. And so that's obviously harder when you have a higher recoiling rifle, because right now I'm about 0.7. So off of a barricade when I'm shooting, it's about 0.7 mil of muzzle jump.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: that's going, ideally for me, it's going straight up instead of straight up to the left or straight up to the right. It's just going straight up. And for me, that means that my fundamentals are really good and I'm right behind the rifle where I want to be because then my rifle is just moving straight to the rear and I got a little bit of muzzle. Well, if I take the exact same analogy and I go to the two mil mark, I've dialed two mil on my scope, I'm shooting at you know, 350 or 400 yards, whatever it is. um, I know that the exact same thing holds true with that bullet. From the center of the target, the top of the bullet wake, the top of the bullet... uh, you know, travel is going to be at that two mil mark. And so when I'm watching trade, again, my eyes naturally adjust to that, you know, uh, if I'm dialing two mil, I know that I got 0.7 a jump. And so pretty much I just look right over the top of the reticle. And sure enough, there's the bullet. And I follow it up and follow it back down. Now, the trick is in the training aspect is that you got to do this thousands of times. And then you got to realize, hey, look, I only got about a third of a second to find this bullet if i don't find it my eyes better transfer back to the target to figure out where i'm hitting or missing mm-hmm. and so that's kind of part of that you know training aspect which 22 really that's a very long-winded answer on 22 i apologize
0: <laughs> yeah that was pretty long-winded but it was all fascinating <laughs> so yeah. it was worth listening to well, man, I'm coming up on my time here, Jake, but I, again, I really enjoyed this chat. It was, it was good to catch up with you and um, thanks again for the targets. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time to to visit with us here at, at the accuracy podcast.
1: Of course, of course. Thanks. And uh, we'll do it again. Appreciate you.
0: Yes, sir. Go ahead and, and stay on with me and I'm going to do the outro and then we'll get going again.
2: Perfect.